When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to South Africa on 99.94, your new home for South African content. We'll be dropping into your podcast feed or uh, your YouTube feed on uh, the 99 or on the 99.94 app several times every week as often as we can. Uh, so please rate, review and subscribe. Also, if you get a chance, do check out the new Mitch Johnson show, the former Aussie Quick talks about his life in cricket and after cricket. Um, you can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts or, again, on YouTube. Thank you for joining Cricket's South African Conversation. Now, um, I'm Neil Manthorpe. Lungani Zama is my co-host. We've got two games to talk about and two games coming up uh, to talk about. South Africa have put themselves in a very strong position um, with a resounding victory over Bangladesh. And I hate to call Lungani smarty pants, but he did say in the last episode or two episodes ago that he thought Pakistan would pose a great, greater problem to South Africa um, than India, which raised my eyebrows. Um, but he did say, because he is Mr Smarty Pants, that the Perth pitch and all its bounce and pace would mean that India would struggle against South Africa's quick men, which I thought was a big statement. And you're absolutely right, Sams. I hate it when I'm right, Neil, because then you put pressure on me for the next one. Um, but I, I did just think that that extra pace that, that South Africa carried, um, I mean, I, I don't think it would go as, as wonderfully as it did. I mean, Lungengidi was fantastic. Um, even Wayne Parnell with the control up front, you know, it, it, it hurries people along. I was, weirdly enough, having a conversation with A.B. de Villiers about the game yesterday, and, and he said it, the one thing, more than pace, Bounce forces you into shots that you can't play. And if you don't adjust and look to hit the ball squarer or not hit the ball as hard because the bounce means it's going to carry more anyway, make sure you make decent contact, not huge contact, which if it makes sense. And a lot of them did sort of go out trying to almost overhit and they top edged. Um, and, and small nuances like, you know, making sure your fine leg is a bit finer because for a top edge, it's not going to go so much to deep square leg as it will to fine leg or even long leg. Um, so the South Africa got that right, got their angles right, got their intensity right, and yeah, really, really good bowling performance. Let's rewind quickly and talk about the Bangladesh game. That was absolutely resounding. Um, you know, it took care of not just the two points um, and it uh, it put to bed the disappointing result against Zimbabwe, the, the washout. But it also um, took care of, of net run rate, didn't it? I mean, you know, it just couldn't have gone more according to plan. Put 200 on the board and, on the board and bowl them out for 100. Yeah, really clinical. Um, and, you know, when, you're, when your power players play as ruthlessly as they did, uh, it, it does kind of take the breath away from, I mean, Bangladesh is not a minnow. You know, they're a dangerous side. And we've seen that in the rest of the competition. But... When it's that intense up front and it sort of demoralizes the rest of the attack and the, the lesser experienced players, it almost doesn't matter what's come before. And you could see the body language wilting as, as Quinny and Riley really got through the gears early and, and didn't let up for a long time. You know, it, it didn't even matter that South Africa had lost an early wicket. They just came in and pressed the accelerator and, and stayed on it. And, 
you know that that does it does scare teams. Um, Riley Rousseau is a really interesting um, uh, phenomenon in in many ways. I mean, his, his last five T Twenty international innings have been naught, naught, hundred, hundred, naught. Um, so so, and of those three ducks. Um, two have come playing huge shots. I mean, he's, you know, he's looking to slog sweep for six, kind of second, third ball type thing, which um, which smacks of a very unselfish attitude. You know, team first. Is he going? Is he going too hard? Would you like to see him give himself a half a dozen balls first? Well, I mean, the problem is he's got is is, is there's there's other people taking half a dozen deliveries as well. You know. You can get away with one maiden almost in T Twenty cricket, um, but then you pretty quickly have to make that up. And if 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 he keeps on his his pattern of either not making anything at all or going big, I think you take that. Um, you know, historically, if it's not your day, it's not your day. You'd rather someone go out sooner, and and he does. He doesn't sort of loiter about and make five of twenty. He gets out for a duck within a couple of balls. And then you know, okay, it's not Riley's day. Someone else must must step up. Uh, and then when he when he finds the gear, he, he he makes sure that he capitalizes. So if if you're asking me whether I'd want him to go run a ball most games and every now and then strike big, no, I I think I would take the Riley that you get right now because you know that when he's on, he's on. And I think even the opposition know that if they don't get him early, you you more often than not you're not going to get him at all. Okay, I'm going to set myself up to be shot down by you now, um, quite deliberately. So do it gently. Um, I've spoken about his unselfishness. What about his selfishness? Um, because he got to, he got to 96, 97 against Bangladesh with with four overs to go, and the game came to a grinding halt. I mean, he wasn't just trying to get there in singles; he was blocking balls. Um, and T20 is the most selfless format. I mean, you have to do everything in the in the in the in the best cause for the team rather than than yourself, um, and many people have said to me, "Look, he deserved he earned the right um, to do that to take an over out of the game." Uh, but it, I just wonder, you know, if it had been against England, and and they and and it was a two twenty wicket, um, and he did that and and tiptoed his way to his hundred. Um, because uh, England have chased down 220 against South Africa in a T20 World Cup a couple of years ago. So so was that – what did you make of that? I, I think given how wonderfully better up to that point, and most South Africans probably would have said, actually, it's good to see that it still matters so much for him to make 100 for South Africa. And when he did get there, and thank goodness he did, because you know, after all that, you, you have to make sure you <laughs> get there. When he did get there, you saw the emotion come out and you – you sort of realise that, you know, for whatever's happened with, with, with Colpax and, um, you know, being away from the game for a while in terms of South Africa, making a century and a World Cup match back at Sydney where he did in 2015 as well, um, it, did, it did really matter to the guy. And, and so playing for South Africa still matters. And that, you can excuse a bit of selfishness at that point, especially when you've blitzkrieg the other 90 runs of, of nothing and, and really, you know, steamroll the opposition to the point where unless your bowlers have a catastrophic day, you've pretty much won the game already. You've set it up to win it. Um, so I think that it probably was a little bit selfish. And, and I don't think he would do that in a match where you knew you had Joss Butler or 
you know, a big, big batting lineup coming up who can chase with, with no issues at all, 10 and over from the get-go. I think they read the situation and said, actually, you can kind of, you know, milk your way to this one because you've, you've done the hard work and I think we've got this one in the bag. Okay, take a short break and uh, we'll talk more about the India game in a moment. You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. Okay, Zams, let's rewind again to the Perth Stadium. Um, India with a toss, choose to bat first. And um, talking of tiptoeing, Kale Rahul and Rohit Sharma were very, very cautious. It was either six or nothing. And they were blocking and leaving, blocking, leaving six, uh, block, leave six. Um, but, you know, they, they were then reduced to 49 for five. And Lungin Gidi was extraordinary. Four for 17, he bowled absolutely magnificently. But to be absolutely brutally honest, any of the four, I thought, could have could have taken those wickets. I mean, the, that was that was one of the most integrated fast bowling performances I've, I can remember in a T20 international. Um, they looked really, really potent. And you just mentioned Wayne Parnell. How good was he? Again, two overs in the power play, two at the death. He was he was phenomenal. I mean, I, I mentioned last week that if we stopped thinking of him as an all-rounder um, and as a new ball and death bowl specialist, he he has been magnificent. But as good as he he is now with the ball, he looks less and less an, an all-rounder with the bat. Yeah, I think if, if he keeps bowling the way that he bowled yesterday, back of a length, swinging it back into the right-hander at good pace, uh, and that's the only job he does because... There's some peculiar shots he played, but his primary job clearly is taking that new ball and and giving batsmen a different problem, as opposed to the other three right arm fast ball skidders. Uh, and he did it well. I mean, he started with a maiden, and hmm. it never looked like you know anything but because India obviously were circumspect, and and he delivered. And 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 like you say, the rest of them backed him up with just intensity. I mean, they're, they're all pretty quick. Um, Anrich and, and, and KG can, can ramp it up in extra gear but there was there was an intensity in the length that they bowled the, the fields that, that, that were set were, were pretty aggressive and, and, and stayed you know stayed intent on, on keeping the pressure up and daring India to like you say either hit it for six or dot ball and, and that's what happened for pretty much most of the power play and a lot of those guys you know Kale Rahul Rohit even Virat thrive on bat on ball early on and getting it through the field and, you know, sort of getting the energy of of, of the crowd because they, they score in quickly. They didn't allow them to do that. And the fact that they lost that much of the top order that quickly was was down to just the relentless pressure and length that South Africa clearly planned and, and stuck to. Even when a few disappeared top edge for six, they didn't stop and go to a fuller length. That was the plan and they kept to it magnificently. Complete opposite to India's bowling plan, wasn't it? I mean, Arshdeep Singh was was fantastic, and they because they did bowl full 
They were they they were looking for swing. They but a totally different game plan. Yeah, he's a very good he's a very good bowler, and I think you know that's, it's quite exciting to see so many left armers with such skill. I mean, you know, Parnell we've spoken about. Um, Pakistan have you know it it always gives a different element because it almost feels like it swings a bit later with a left armor. And if if you bowling at one forty, it it. You know, it's almost like a left arm wrist spinner. There's almost a, an, an added air of mystery. Um, and, you know, I mean, Quinny's feet have, have been probably his, his best asset over the, the course of the tournament. Against Bangladesh, he, he looked a million bucks. Because of the extra pace, he was suddenly going with hands only, and that's why he nicked off. And he probably was looking to hit it a bit straighter, and the swing took it away, and instead of drilling it past mid-on, it was, you know, snaffled at second slip. But the fact that they've left those two slips in there tells you that that's what we're bowling for. So, I mean, it was it, it was a great advert for, for proper bowling, even in the shortest format, um, from certainly from the pace bowlers. Um, India obviously just didn't have enough runs to play with, and, and South Africa knew that one strong partnership would probably get them over the line. It was a bit like um, sort of South Africa against India in the 1990s. You know, be, be, when India couldn't play fast bowling, <laughs> they, they look bullied. Do you think? Do you think they'll they'll be a bit feeling a bit bruised? Yeah, I think a few. You look at some of those shots; they didn't want it. I mean, you know, Dale Stain and his pump always knew that guys like Rohit didn't really fancy the quick skiddy bouncer, then followed up by a, a full pitch downswing delivery. And there were a couple of, of the Indian top order who did not get anywhere near behind the line of the ball and sort of just threw hands at it. And you can get away with it on slower pitches sometimes. And even on faster pitches sometimes, if you throw enough with, with enough uh, hands at it, sometimes it does, you know, jump over the field and, and, and the, the scorecard still says four. And, and maybe if, if bowlers then change, then you're fine. But because South Africa stayed on that hard length, you eventually get found out. I mean, even even Virat was not in control of some of the shots that he played. The one shot he played was on the up uh, for Lungi when he did sort of almost pitch it up and he drilled him, one of the best shots of the day. And, but he went straight back to the hard length and soon enough he was caught at fine leg trying to play a shot under the pressure of a well-directed back of a length or short delivery. So, yeah, I'm sure other teams would have looked at that and said, actually, you know, some of the, the hardened... Uh, ways that we attack India in the past, maybe we've, 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 we've stopped going to them because of the IPL or whatever. But actually, proper fast bowling still intimidates a lot of players. And, and, and yesterday, that Indian top order looked very uncomfortable, um, looked hurried, and didn't really look like they wanted to be there. And, and obviously, South Africa smelt that and, and, and went for the jugular, literally. And the decision to leave um, Shamsi out, uh, I mean... Uh, I, it was obviously the correct one. Two points there. Um, the first is that we tend to forget just how good Ngidi is, um, and and you know his, his his slower ball has now become uh, something of a talking point um, around the world because it is one of the best disguised. But but again, the the cold hard brutal truth is that India read Shamsi like a Jack and Jill book, don't they? I mean they they you know they. They they know what's what's come out of out of his hand the moment he lets it go. Yeah, it, it's a pity for him because obviously it adds another dimension. But you, I think it is twofold. That one, India playing better than anyone else in the world, 
Um, and he knows that. So, I mean, he's almost hesitant to pull out the full bag of tricks either, where he becomes more defensive. And he's at his best when he's attacking, just like the fast bowlers. Um, but I think the second element why they're playing Kesh is Kesh is, when you add him with Parnell and uh, you kind of get half an all-rounder fix there. One of them hopefully will come off with a bat and then add KG. If if you play Shamsi, then your tail looks a lot longer. And as almost happened yesterday, if you do get blown away top order, it looks like a very long tail. And you know what happened to India with the bat could have happened to South Africa because you've got one batsman left sort of being nursed along by bowlers who are not attacking. So you're only scoring from one end. And I think at least Kesh... Um, has shots in the book. He's shown it before. He can attack. He can put people under pressure. And you need that. You need you need as long as possible two batsmen at the crease putting pressure on batsmen on, on the bowling team to to you know to, to worry about defending the boundaries and not just take the wickets. Okay, short break and then we'll talk about South Africa's run chase. If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. Okay, so given India were 49 for five and they make 133, you still think South Africa have got this. Um, But then they're three for two, 26 for three. And at the halfway stage, after 10 overs, they're 40 for three, needing 94 from from the last 10. Um, I don't know what you thought with 10 overs to go, but I thought it was going to be incredibly hard. And actually, actually, I thought that they were too far behind. I thought that India would just nick it. but um, but Markram and Miller, uh, you know what's so interesting is that that they they seemed absolutely they were, they conveyed an air of total confidence even when they got to drinks at forty for three. It seemed to me like their body language was saying that's exactly where we wanted to be. Do, do you know what I mean? There was no urgency at all. They just two incredibly experienced players, Miller especially. But I mean, he was he was five or fifteen balls. I mean, that's losing the game. You know, if you don't win it there, you're losing it. Um, but the, the way they, they went about it, then, of course, at, at the drinks break, that's when they just changed gears completely. Markram took 16 off and over from Hardik Pandya, the 11th over. Um, and then there was that over of 17 from Ashwin. Uh, but I think we need to also mention that, um, that, that it did look like India were choking a little bit. Virat with that amazing drop off Markram at mid-wicket. Rohit Sharma misses that straightforward run out. Again, Markram would have been the man to go. Um, but w- were you taken by the this kind of body language and the air of confidence, whether it was real or not, from Miller and Markram? Yeah, there was a real assurance. Uh, and look, that you're playing knowing that if if one of us goes out with 10 overs to go, that's probably the game. Um, Stubbs has been at his best when he's playing with freedom with a total or a platform at least. Uh, th- there was a lot of pressure there. And I think Miller, you know, the one thing that he's given and more and more, given a bit of time to settle. And he showed it when he played in, in the last IPL. And he's 
he needs a dozen balls or so to assess the situation, get the pace. And he knows that it doesn't matter if, if you are 5 or 15, like you say. In the end, if, if he faces 40 balls, he'll probably be on 60. And there was, there was never a sense of panic. There was never a rush shot from him uh, in that crucial period where India obviously knew one more wicket, one more wicket, one more wicket, this job is done. And the way that he trusted himself to be able to target at least one, and I think given the fact that it was turning much, it wasn't turning much, he probably said, if Ashwin comes back, I've got to make sure that I, I, I take him to the cleanest because it'd probably only be one over. But I've got to make sure that I cash in. And he did. He waited and waited and waited. And Ashwin came in, I think, on the 17th over. That was the over that he went. Um, so to have that clarity of thought uh, from your, your, you know, your middle-order kingpin is, is, is a really, really big asset. And, and, and Markram, you know, he, he's been playing under pressure for, for quite a while. Um, and, and that innings, you would think, would do a world of good for, for his stability. Um, because, you know, when he plays, he's probably still South Africa's prettiest player. Um, but when you, you, you match the prettiness with grit of getting through a situation like that, where others might fold and, and, and perish, you know, like there's the stub shot that he got out to reverse sweeping when the situation is pretty simple. You might have expected that from, from Markram a few months ago, under the pressure and sort of a get out shot, if you will, trying to create something out of nowhere instead of playing normal cricket. But he played normal cricket for a long time. And, you know, we sometimes forget that when you're that talented, normal for you still looks stunning because every now and then you get a half volley, you get a back of a length ball that you drill through mid-wicket and the opposition goes cheapest. We can't even bowl there to him. And, and, and you could see as he stayed and longer and longer, India kind of figured that these two are probably going to have to get themselves out. And they, cheapest, Markram tried with putting a few in the air and, 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 and some, some crazy runs. But that's the only way they were getting out because they were very assured against pace. Ashwin wasn't spinning it. So there was no danger. Um, so it's, it's, it's great to see that if the top order fails, and they did, and I think South Africa thought when Rousseau went and Quinney went and Temba went for nothing, it kind of looked like, here we go again, there's no way you're chasing 130. Um, so wonderful to see them win without the firepower up front setting them up. They've, they've, they won the hard way, and they'll take a lot of confidence from, 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 that, from that performance from the middle order yesterday. I think it was the 18th over because it was 24 needed off three overs. Ashwin comes into bowl and Miller goes six, six, and suddenly it's 12 off 12, run a ball. I mean, that was, that was savage, wasn't it? That was just so clinical. There's no ground, definitely straight boundary, yeah. but actually no ground that can contain him when he's in and he's identified a bowler that he's going to take apart. I mean, we saw it against Sri Lanka in the last World Cup as well. It was wait for the latest possible stage and then identify that this guy bowls medium pace and he bowls it across my stumps. So I'm just going to step across and I'm going to drill him over mid-wicket and there's nothing he can do about it. When you know you've got that much firepower, it, it, it must be a hell of a feeling. And, and he did it with, without panicking. There was never a sense of he's trying to overhit the ball. He'd realize he's in, he's in form. I mean, I think of his 17 innings or something this year, I saw a crazy stat. 15 or, or something of them have been not out. So he's, he's figured out the fact that if I just stay to the end, regardless of what we're chasing, more often than not, if I bat properly, I can win the game for my team. And that's, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing to know as a, as, as a finisher with that much power. And I think oppositions are starting to see that as well. And, and, and you know, alarm bells are ringing.
All right, more to come in uh, the next episode. Thanks for listening to South Africa on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever uh, you enjoy your podcasts. It certainly uh, gives us a welcome boost. Um, You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Neil Manthorpe and at Wamzam17. So never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. (laughs) Cricket every day, your way. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.